ahead of us. This morning, we're going to be taking a musical journey that will celebrate the arrival and the glory of the long-awaited Messiah. Some of the songs that we will be singing are going to be familiar to you, so we want you to sing along. Some of the songs 
you may not have heard up until this morning. And if that's the case, then just soak in the lyrics and the melodies and uh, let, uh, let the music just fill your heart this morning as we all seek through this time of worship to draw near to Jesus. Before we go any further, I'm going to invite you to join with me in uh, a prayer and ask for God's blessings and movement in your life and ours as we worship together. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we are so very thankful for this opportunity. We're thankful, God, that this hour has come, that we have been preparing for, and now it is here. As we take a musical journey to experience and to celebrate the fact that the hope of this world for sin and for redemption and for salvation and eternal life has come. Father, it is this time of year where we celebrate the arrival of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We ask, God, that for those that are here and um, uh, maybe there's something going on in their life this morning that they just need a touch from you. God, may they find it. But Father, I also pray for the one who may be here this morning whom they don't know which way to turn next. They've tried all sorts of solutions for their life and none of those things have worked. Uh, Lord, they won't work unless you are in the middle of their life. And I pray for that one who needs to find forgiveness for their sins and eternal life in heaven through placing their faith in Jesus Christ making Him Lord and Savior of their life. So, Father, we pray that uh, as we give you this offering of praise, may we all draw near to you. In Jesus' name that we pray, amen. Amen. It's interesting that our our next song that we will sing is called uh, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. It was born as a result of an incredible journey of loss and heartbreak. The lyrics of this song were based upon a poem written by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Longfellow had experienced the death of his wife in 1861 as a result of a tragic fire. And in the midst of him trying to help her, he himself became uh, severely burned and bad facial burns. He uh, grew a long beard to cover it up. He couldn't even attend his own wife's funeral as a result. Later on in his life, grief was so overwhelming that he, he feared that he would even be put in an asylum just on account of his grief. And a few years later, Longfellow experienced another tragedy in his life when his eldest son, fighting in the Civil War, was uh, gravely injured. The result of that wound and his son, it just looked grim. It was, didn't think it was going to have a happy ending. So after some planning and just being able to, to arrange it, Longfellow was able to uh, take a train and go to the hospital where his son was. Uh, and so walking into the room, it was in December of 1863. Walking into that room, he, uh, visiting his son, he actually wrote down a poem seeking to capture the feelings of his heart. And the, the poem had a recurring theme of listening, and it occurred all throughout this poem. But it eventually led to a, a, a confident and a, and a settled assurance of hope, even in the midst of all of that despair that he was going through. You may be here this morning, and you've got a mixture of all sorts of feelings of pain and hurt, anger, frustration, whatever, and you're wondering, too, 
is their hope. Well, our music will be declaring the greatest hope of all that has ever come and can be yours through faith in Jesus. And we are here this morning to celebrate his arrival. Christmas Day Their old familiar carols play And mild and sweet their songs repeat A peace on earth good will to men And the bells are strong and mocks the song the peace on earth good will to men but the bells are ringing
She was holding the very Lamb of God who had come to take away the sins of the world. While we will never know what it was like to hold the Son of God wrapped in swaddling clothes, the Bible tells us that we can hold something just as wonderful, the transforming power of Christ. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18, And we all with an unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the image from one degree of glory to another. Now in that verse, the word behold, it literally means be sure to see, don't miss this. See, Mary had a first person experience with the Lord that we too can enjoy. Don't miss, do not ignore what God is doing in your life and in your heart, and what He can do as you live for Him. You see, Christ is here, and He wants you to experience His glory as your Lord and Savior.
and what would eventually be required of him. 
In the Gospel of Luke, Mary records a song of, of her own worship. And declaring in Luke chapter 1, verses 46 and 47, she's saying, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in my God, my Savior. And later in verse 50, she's saying, And His mercy is for those who fear Him from generation to generation. She knew that He was the Lord God Almighty, the Lamb of God, strong to save. sin, who knew no sin, that we might become His righteousness. He humbled Himself and carried the cross. Love so Messiah, name above all 
scriptures say, have this mind among yourselves, which is also in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant and being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Today we stand amazed that Jesus' humble entrance to, into humanity that blessed evening ended with a glorious resurrection so that all those who call upon the name of the Lord may be saved.
Your name is a strong and mighty tower. Your name is a shelter like no other. Your name, let the nation sing it louder. Cause nothing has a power to save but your name. Strong and mighty tower, your name is a shelter like no other, your name. Let the nation sing it louder, cause nothing has the power to
we fall to our knees, Lord, we adore you. With angels above, we bow down before you. The light of your love shines bright on this holy My typical home life um, as a husband is probably uh, not much unlike many of you who are here, who are husbands. Um, How many of you have to be reminded, men, of something you did or maybe perhaps you forgot to do, Um, but you kind of have to have that reminder to kind of keep going? If you're like me, that's, that's what you hear from time to time. You have to have that little reminder. Uh, to know, you know, chores to do, things to do around the house, things that your wife asked you to do, and it just kind of slipped your mind. And I was thinking as uh, we were singing, which I admit it was kind of a difficult thing to do, but I was thinking a little bit about the reminders of the songs that we were singing and the messages that they were reminding us of. I know that it's easy for you to hear the same carols over and over and they're on the radio stations too and on your CD player and on your iPhone and and all that stuff. And I know that it's very easy to get lost and to just listen to the melodies and the words and not really remember why they are being sung. A a few moments ago in uh, some of the narration that I was reading to you, I I read to you a couple of verses of Luke chapter 1. It's called Mary's Magnificat. It was the hymn that she wrote to express her joy as being chosen by God to carry in her womb 
the precious Son of God. I, I read to you a few moments ago about a few verses and... Uh, they were probably familiar to you because I've been preaching through Mary's Magnificat over the past several Sunday mornings. And this Sunday being the last Sunday uh, before Christmas, uh, I wanted to talk to you just very briefly about that final passage in Luke chapter 1. The last two verses of Mary's Magnificat is... Um, it's easy to, to kind of read them and to not really understand or to think about, well, how do they exactly apply to me? What difference does this make in my life? Because you've got to remember, Mary was a little Jewish girl, uh, you know, Jewish family, and her type of worship was, was sort of unique. And, and um, her singing this song about carrying... Uh, uh, the Christ child. I mean, how do we really resonate with that? Well, in her song, she literally declared God's promises and was reminding all of us of the type of God that we can serve. The last two verses of Mary's Magnificat read this way. She writes, He has helped His servant Israel in remembrance of His mercy as He spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to His offspring, Forever. Now, those are two Jewish verses, if there ever has been. I mean, she's talking about Abraham, the father of, of the Jews, of the nation of Israel. She is talking about the, the promises that God had made. She, she is literally talking about her own people. What does this have to do with us? Well, the first thing you need to remember is that the God of Israel, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, is our God too. Amen. And He wanted it to be that way. God designed it to be that way by sending us Jesus, His one and only Son, to die for the sins of not just Israel, but for us all. And in this text, we have three reminders about Jesus. Three amazing things that, that God is showing us about who He is and why He chose to send Jesus to us. The first is this. God always acts on His promises. Amen. He always does. You're here this morning and you've had broken promises by someone. But before you get too far in playing the victim, you've also broken promises. So we are not only victims, but we are victimizers. We know what it's like to let one another down. We know what it's like to be let down. We know what it's like for someone not to fulfill their obligation and, and, and to not carry on, on on their word to you. But I'm glad that I can serve a God who always acts on His promises. If He says He is going to do it, he will do it and it will get done. It may not be in your timing. It actually may not be in your lifetime. Because let's remember, Israel from generation to generation and through extreme cycles of sin and also extreme cycles of, of obedience, they were waiting for the Christ. They were waiting for the Messiah. And for many of them, it did not happen in their generation. It did not happen in lifetime. But it did happen in the lifetime and in the generation of some, including Mary and Joseph and the religious elite called the Pharisees. 
I want you to remember this morning that in the songs that we sang, it's a reminder that God always acts on His promises. So we, as I read in that text a, a moment ago, the next thing that we see here is that God uses people as a channel of blessing for others. We, we not only have a song written by Mary, whom God chose to be a channel of blessing for us by being the mother of the Christ, but He also mentions Abraham. And in Genesis chapter 12, we were explicitly, you can read there, right there, in Genesis 12, in the calling of Abram, God explicitly tells him that you will be a blessing to others. And it's going to be through you, Abraham, that I'm going to build my nation, my people. I'm going to make you as numerous as the stars in the sky, sands on the seashore, and you will be a blessing. But that, that passage actually is, all, is actually prophetic. Because not only is he talking about Abraham, his own, but I, with my faith in Christ, I am a child of God. I have been called to be a blessing to others. I have been called to invest my life into others as a blessing. You have been called as a child of God. If you are following Christ this morning, you have been called to be a channel of blessing to other people. That's one of the reasons why I love the church. People say, well, I I love God, but just church gets in the way. That's hogwash. You can't love God and not love His bride. It just doesn't work that way. And I am so glad that when Christ came and He called His disciples, sent them out for a great commission to go and make disciples and calling us likewise to do the same, He has actually called us to be a blessing to someone, to others. He called Mary. He called Abraham. And before we, we like exalt them more than what they ought, Mary was nothing special. She did not have an expensive upbringing. Matter of fact, I mean, her home life was probably very plain. Abraham, he had no qualifications whatsoever to be the father of God's nation of people. He had no qualifications whatsoever. He didn't have an education, a background. He didn't have a progeny. It was just him. And I believe God uses people like that. Always has. And He'll use you if you don't think too much of yourself and think that you have to be somebody or be a certain way or be from a certain family or do a certain thing, have a certain job. No way. You don't earn His favor. He loves you just the way you are. And He wants you to be a blessing to other people. Finally, in this text, as we were were reading the thing that spoke to me and, and, and I jotted it down is, is this. God's work, it's a done deal. It's a done deal. God only had to send one son, one time, for one cross, for one opportunity that you will have to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And it is a done deal. And I want to end with this challenge before we uh, move further in our service. This is, this is what I, I believe I want you to carry away from here. Just this one thing. I've been in ministry since 1996. Uh, full time in a church, you know, working 
And I've seen a lot of people come and go. And I just want to let you know that this morning of everywhere I've served, Tennessee, North Carolina, and Florida, people are the same. People are the same. And I see people every week, they walk through church doors with the weight of the world on their shoulders. But they still put on a smile on their face. I don't know how, but they can still do it. Because I do it. And you have problems. You've got issues. You're working hard. You're trying to pay your bills, trying to pay off a mortgage, trying to raise children. You're trying so many things. And then you think that you have to try harder to earn God's favor, to earn his love. I know that you struggle with that. And I want to remind you this morning that God's work, his forgiveness, it's once and for all a done deal. If you place your trust in him, you don't have to keep working and striving and trying to earn your way through life, thinking you've got to earn God's love and that if you're being punished, it's because you, know, you just did something bad. When Jesus hung on the cross with nails in his hands, blood pouring from his forehead, wearing a crown of thorns, a nail piercing his feet, He said, it is finished. You know who he said that to? I preach it, and I preach it as he's saying it to the Lord. And, and he was, to his father. You know who else he was saying that to? He was saying it to you. It's finished. It's a done deal. You don't have to struggle anymore. You don't have to worry about appearances anymore. You don't have to worry about maintaining a certain lifestyle, trying to keep up with someone else, worrying about your life on social media and how you're coming across. All you have to do is get your relationship right with me. You put me in control. You let me have charge of your life. And let's see what happens then. Please do not um, fool yourself because I'm not in thinking that, there, oh, there's no one here like that. Pastor, I think we've got it all together. We're, we're doing all right. Are you? Are you really doing all right? When you get home and those doors are shut and no one from this church or your pastor is looking at you and can hear you, is it really all right? Who are you still angry at? Who have you not forgiven? What grudge do you still carry around? How are you trying to fix it without God's help? I know that it's not all right. I, I learned a long time ago in ministry that 
when you sing and preach the Word of God, you give people an opportunity to respond. By not doing so, it's kind of taking, kind of like taking a hungry man, a starving man into a restaurant. Letting him see the menu, showing the pictures of all the nice plates of food that he could get. He could, he could smell the, the aromas coming from the kitchen, and he's starving to death. And you ask him if everything looks all right. Do you, do you like the menu? Look at all these wonderful dishes. Look at all this food. And then you ask him to just fold up that menu, set it back on the table, and you escort him out of that restaurant. I have an invitation because we have just sung and proclaimed to you the greatest solution for your life, the greatest love for your life, salvation in Jesus Christ, and I'm now going to ask you to come and partake. That's what an invitation really is. But I don't know your heart. I do not know where you stand and how you stand with the Lord. For some of you, I've known you from day one uh, as your pastor. Others, I, I'm looking at your faces and, and you're a guest with us. You're not here very often, but and maybe some of you are here for the first time. Wherever you are on that spectrum, I really don't know what's in your heart this morning. All I'm going to ask you to do and plead is to use this time of this invitation that we're going to extend to you to make things right. To finally receive the peace and the hope and the forgiveness that you so desperately need this morning. I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to stand together with me. I'm going to ask our choir to stand as well. They're going to sing a song that will be our invitation song. I want you to listen to their words. Now, your response may take place right where you are, and that's fine if that, if, if that needs to be. But I think some of you, I think some of you, it would be better for you to take a step out into that aisle and come forward. Take, take me, come, come to me and say, Pastor, would you pray for me? Would you help me with this burden? Would you help me with this issue? Would you show me in the scriptures how I can have forgiveness of sins and eternal life? I hope that you will use this time wisely. And that the Lord speak. And why don't you do this? Before we get started on the music, let, let's do this. I want everyone to bow your heads and close your eyes. No one looking around. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, the choir is going to sing. Musicians are going to play. But I want just about five seconds or so, Lord, where each person here right now has an opportunity to search their heart. Father, may they be honest with themselves and honest with you. Father, would you give them strength and the willingness to do what is right, to respond in a way and to make the decision that they need to make this morning that they've been putting off, holding back, They've been afraid for some reason. They, they've, they've, I don't know what barriers have been in their life, but God, I pray that they would be, be removed at this very moment. God, may your will be done during this time of invitation. In Jesus' name, amen.
thank you, musicians, sound and light people. God bless you. Y'all have worked so hard. Uh, thank you so much for being here with us this morning. We're going to uh, end uh, a little bit differently. I'm going to have you to uh, take a seat just one minute. I'm going to have our ushers come forward, and, and we've got a video that I want you to uh uh, to see, you know, this month in December is very special for us Baptists because that is our emphasis in collecting the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. The Lottie Moon Christmas offering is a special offering that goes directly towards 100% goes towards all of our international missionaries. And uh, this year, is, our goal is $2,700. We have reached that level uh, before. We are kind of behind on on the collection of that, but that's okay. Because uh, the Lord is in every single dollar, and I know that it will be used for His glory. But we want to end this time. I wanted to uh, show you a video um, highlighting a couple of our Southern Baptist uh, international missionaries. And uh, we're going to be collecting our regular tithes and offerings and any contributions for, for the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. So let's bow our heads together, and I'm going to ask God's blessings upon this collection. And then you can turn your eyes towards the screens. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for this time of worship that we have had. God has just been phenomenal to experience your presence. But Father, I pray that your presence, as it is as real in my life, God, may it be as real in everyone else's lives here. God, I pray that there is some barrier, some decision uh, that, uh, that still needs to be made, some barrier that needs to be broken down. Father, there is still time. Father, there is still that opportunity for someone to come to know Jesus as our Lord and Savior. For someone to come even to this altar, uh, God, it is still open. And just pray to you and talk to you as they need to. Or maybe right even uh, where they are uh, seated in their pew. And Father, we lift up this offering as it's going to be collected. We lift up this, uh, uh, this collection to you, God, that it will be used for the, uh, for the enlargement, the expansion, and the glory of your kingdom. In Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, we're going to be here next Sunday. It's the last Sunday of December. We'll be having one more collection for the Lottie Moon offering. And, and uh, if you're still praying about an amount to give, by all means, continue to pray. And God will lay that specific amount on your heart and, and help you know exactly what to give. Well, one final uh, kind of a housekeeping note. Listen, tonight at 5 o'clock, you need to be here. Fun, food, fellowship. We're going to have all three. Tonight at 5 o'clock, we're meeting tonight in Brandon Hall. We're just having a church-wide Christmas fellowship in lieu of uh, our our normal uh, services in the sanctuary and the worship center here. We're going to be over in Brandon Hall tonight. I am personally inviting every single person to be here. Um, I'm the game master, I guess, um, and, and I've got some stuff planned tonight. I won't embarrass anybody, okay? I won't. I promise you I won't embarrass anybody on purpose. I won't do that at all. So I just want you here. I just want your, your presence. I want to just uh, uh, spend some time in fellowship with you and just enjoy one another's company. That starts at 5 o'clock. Hey, the beautiful um, uh, poinsettias up here, uh, we have purchased them, but if you would like to take one of them home, you can do so. They are absolutely gorgeous. If you would like to uh, see about taking one of these poinsettias home, Miss Janet uh, Jones, our secretary, will be in the foyer. You go straight to her and ask her about how you can take one of these lovely poinsettias home and, and add it to your Christmas decorations at your home. And uh, again, we look forward to seeing you all here uh, tonight. I don't know of any other announcements I really have, but just make sure you read that bulletin uh, through and through and make note of any important 
different uh, uh, dates that are on there. Oh, one final note. Listen, next Sunday morning is going to be incredibly important. I always take the last Sunday morning of the year and uh, preach a State of the Congregation message. I will uh, bring a special message about our upcoming year, things that are on my heart, burdens that are on my heart, things that I'd like to see us do. And so I want you to, uh, love for you to be here for that special service next Sunday morning, 1045, and then the, that evening, a very uh, special service we've had over the last several years at 6 o'clock. It's our December to Remember service where we honor, it's a candlelight-driven service where we honor uh, all of our loved ones in our church family who've passed away over this past year. And so information on how to participate is also in your bulletin as well. So if you have any questions, give us a call here at the church office. Let us know how we can help and serve you, okay? Let us stand together. We're going to be dismissed with a word of prayer. Thank you so much. Uh, what? Finger foods. Finger foods. You better bring a lot since you asked, so. I'm just kidding. No, actually, I'm not. I, I do because I'm, like, hungry right now, so. Let me pray a blessing over you, and then God bless you as you enjoy your rest of your afternoon. Father, thank you so much for a very special morning. Father, we just wanted to do something a little bit more simple for this season. All we wanted to do, God, is through music and through the Word, we declare a message, the greatest message of hope and of love, your love for us. In sending your son, Jesus, born of a virgin, wrapped in swaddling clothes, laid in a manger, who later on would minister to us, work miracles, teach us, and then to die on a cross, to be laid in a tomb. Father, you didn't stay in the manger long and you didn't stay in the tomb long. You rose again. And Father, we thank you that one day you will come again and you will receive your bride, your church, unto your own, that we may spend eternity in heaven. Father, I pray for any final need that needs to be addressed here. God, I pray that they would find the answers they're looking for. And Father, I pray that they would make peace with you and find their hope and forgiveness in Jesus Christ. And now as we depart and enjoy the rest of our day, we look forward also to this evening and our fellowship together. God, may you bless our comings and our goings. And Father, we thank you in Jesus' name that we pray. Everyone said, amen. amen. You're dismissed.